Okay. What do you misspell, Sasebo? Uh, I miss. I think I miss the the food the most. Definitely. I mean, tonkatsu, mm-hmm. sushi, mm-hmm. more tonkatsu, Seven Eleven. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's <laughs> what I miss the most. Definitely. What about you? Uh, definitely family mart runs. You know, especially right. during lunchtime. Um, yeah. Sushi go round, and I don't know if you um, like. I mean, you practically lived in. Sospo most of your life, but around the Ginza, yeah. there's like this good tempura place. It's like on the oh, yeah. shop. You've been yeah. there? Yeah, man. On the second floor? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. Dude, they closed it down if you didn't. Really? Know. Yeah, they, they shut it down. And I was like, I was heartbroken for like a good year. Why? Because like, yeah. I, I, yeah, no, I don't know. I thought they're, I thought business was booming, but then uh-huh. I tried going there one day before I left to go to yeah. college. And then after that, it's just, it's gone. So. Crazy. It's crazy how life is and just you know things change and we change uh, right but anyways hello ladies and gentlemen welcome to the fourth episode of joe's podcast i'm your host martin fontanilla today on the podcast i'm joined by a good buddy of mine that i went to ej king high school with in sasebo japan richard Rasai. hey everyone what's up and uh could you richie tell me a little more about yourself or tell the audience for those who don't know like uh, you know where you're from uh, what school did you attend your degree and the job you currently have in the navy yeah man so like i said i'm one of marvin's uh, good friends uh back in high school i'm from i'm I was born in yokota japan but I grew up in sasebo japan and then after that i went to college in uh, prairie view and then university on a rotc scholarship that's where I studied criminal justice and I got a minor in naval science. And uh, now I'm in the, I'm com- and then I commissioned to the United States Navy and I'm going on the pathway as a surface warfare officer. Okay, sure. Um, so where's like your training at right now? Currently I'm at uh, Norfolk, uh, Norfolk, Virginia at the, the BDOC, the basic division officer course. So that's what I'm doing right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, like, how's it going so far? Oh, it's, it's different. <laughs> it's, it's cause like, I don't know. I just, uh, in college, you know, it's more relaxed setting and everything, you know, you're just kind of learning everything. It takes time, but then VDOC itself is like, you're learning everything in a span of a week. And then you're getting tested at the end of the week, just straight mm-hmm. evaluations and just an overload of information. But it's, it's a good thing too, because it's, it's just essentially prepping you for like, you know, when you get on board your ship and then you have to know certain things and whatever division you're assigned. So mm-hmm. yeah, pretty good. Definitely, pretty hard, uh, definitely a fire hose of uh, information. <laughs> or you know, oh, I don't yeah. know if you guys like uh, use this saying, but death by PowerPoint. Yes, death by PowerPoint. That's what the <laughs> Navy runs on. It's so sad, man. Yeah, it's great. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you talk a little about you know your whole, I guess, process of you know going from high school to PVMU? And the whole ROTC. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so in high school, I was in uh, JROTC. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of sounds so nerdy. Now that I say it like <laughs> that, but <laughs> but um, like uh, I had my I had a lot of people that went to that um, ROTC route. Uh, Christian Hidalgo, uh, you, I think you you went to ROTC, right, or OCS? I, um, OCS, but I was briefly OCS. in ROTC. Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. And then um. Like uh, Krishan Lustre, uh, mm-hmm. Jeremy Stai, Edry. So all those people, you know, kind of just like, like, hey, ROTC or just like, you know, officer route is a good idea because, you know, college. 
And yeah. so that's where I was kind of just like, okay, I want to take that route. And so that's where I kind of just followed my brother into PV. And then uh, I got the scholarship. Uh, it's called the MSISR scholarship. Basically, it's for universities that are, are like, are well, yeah, the MSISR kind of focuses on colleges that are like HBCUs, um, HBCUs and like minority schools. So mm -hmm. it's pretty cool that I that I went to a college in like a um, historically black college. Really good environment, really different from SASPO, but mm -hmm. it was pretty, it was very interesting because, you know, I met a lot of people. A lot of people recognize me because they're like, oh, hey, you're that you're the Asian kid in my calculus class. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> and, you know, it's pretty cool. <laughs> so, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, and then ROTC itself is pretty interesting because, like, you start off as a, a fourth class. And then that's, mm -hmm. like, your freshman year. And then that's when you kind of just get introduced to everything, basically the overview of what the Navy is or Marine Corps, depending on which uh, route you want to choose. Like, originally, I wanted to go Marine Corps, but then my mom was like, no, so that's why I'm in the Navy happens yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so then um <laughs> right. exactly and then um yeah so then when it comes to just getting into the process you have to know you know, you have to qualify for it in a sense to get that mm -hmm. scholarship so it's like um PT scores you have to hit above like the minimum uh mm -hmm. your academics have to be good and I guess like your involvement in like your high school itself and just like in your community will really like make you stand out mm -hmm. so if I were to give advice to people like who want to do ROTC or just whatever, uh, I would recommend them to not only focus on like getting good grades, taking like, um, like hard classes in, in high school, but also like involving themselves. Cause I feel like that's something that a lot of people kind of like don't understand. They, they only, they only see the PT and the academics, and, mm -hmm. but they need to see like the community service. And so that's, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. But then ROTC itself really great because, you know, you just got to learn, different stages of, for me, it was the Navy. Mm -hmm. So, you know, introduction and then kind of like leadership, leadership roles and like skills that help you develop it. And then just like weapon systems and all of that stuff too. But yeah. during that process, uh, you're, you're putting two leadership roles inside, inside the company and uh, you start off as like a squad member, but then as you kind as you go up in rank or in years, that's when you're given more like responsibility. Like uh, I was a squad member. I became the like color sergeant. And then I went to, uh, what did I do? I became the XO of the unit. And then after that, I became the CO of the unit. So it kind of just progresses as you go by. But yeah, I mean, it's, it was a pretty good thing. And then um, at the end, that's when, at, you're like, yeah, at the end, that's when you kind of like decide, okay, this is the community I want to go to. And of course, RTC, you got to do the unrestricted line. So basically, it's like surface warfare, people who drive ships, aviation, people who drive are uh, drive planes, uh, submarines, going the subs, or special warfare. And so that's like the four main communities you kind of want to go into, or that you kind of have to choose. And so how I dialed it down was not special ops. <laughs> I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm terrible at uh swimming. So aviation was a big thing of swimming. So I was like terrible at that. And mm -hmm. a submarine, I was like, is now it's either between a submarine being submerged underwater for like, you know, for a long period of time or being on a ship and you can see the sunlight. So yeah. I was like, all right, <laughs> that's where it is. Oh, way out your options. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's pretty much how like the whole process goes. And now uh, I chose a surface warfare route. And uh, now that's why I'm in school here in uh, Norfolk. Nice. And you're um, 
I guess per se kind of like continuing the family lineage because I know your right. dad was uh is he like a master chief now? No, no, he's he was a retired he's a retired chief. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely. I mean, it's really great. Uh since I grew up on base, like kind of just got exposed to the Navy. And so, and I already had a predetermined mindset, like, yeah, I want to go Navy. And mm -hmm. my brother's in the Navy as well as a, as an ensign. So mm -hmm. definitely just want to kind of continue that. Mm -hmm. And uh, the benefits are really nice. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you have like a ship picked out for you yet? Like a frigate mm -hmm. or anything? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's and part of before all this, we had like our little ship selection process. Mm -hmm. in ROTC and then that's where I chose the uh CVN uh the carrier the CVN 77 George W George HW Bush so mm -hmm. that's stationed up in over here and yeah it's a, it's the biggest ship that the Navy has uh, mm -hmm. and yeah I'm pretty excited because everybody tells me like you know oh, I've never been on a carrier or smaller ships are kind of hard to navigate because it's older but now mm -hmm. that I'm going to be on this type of like platform I think it's going to be very interesting so yeah. So your uh most of your tours is gonna be, you know, in the Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah, because okay. like yeah, everything's like divided into fleets. And I think if I got this right, I think I'm in fifth fleet, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not too sure. Yet, get on I'll, that. Sure. I'll, uh -huh. I'll figure it out eventually. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you have like a preference list uh for where you want to get stationed next? I want to get station next. Yeah, definitely. I want to try uh, San Diego because that was originally where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. But um, but during the ship selection process, this uh, this individual <laughs> chose my, chose a spot I wanted to do right before me, mm -hmm. and then my my whole world was like shattered for like five minutes. And then I chose Virginia, so I was like, "All right, cool." But yeah, man, um, definitely San Diego. Um, if that doesn't work out, then uh, back to Japan. Definitely, I want to go there. Like yep. um. Back, back to Saspa or Yokosuka or oh uh, I mean my mom would like it if I went back to Saspa, <laughs> but <laughs> but I want to try Yokosuka because uh, I heard that it's it's a lot better and you know mm -hmm. I feel like Saspa is like more where you like settle down with like a family yeah but you know I'm kind of just starting off in my career exactly have some fun you know what I'm saying go to Ropanki <laughs> get lit you know nah yeah oh that's cool um I know you're just starting out, but what is your favorite memory you've made so far in your military career? Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, actually. So we have this uh, firefighting simulator. Mm -hmm. And basically what it is is that we go into one of the trainers and they, they teach us all about fire safety and damage control. Mm -hmm. And so what they do is that they put us into like firefighting gear and we have to fight off like certain fires in their, in their control chambers. Mm -hmm. and what happened was is that you there's this thing called the scba um that's like the can that supplies the air and you have the mask right mm -hmm. so then put on the mask and then what you're supposed to do is like you're supposed to turn turn the uh turn the bottle get the little uh connector to the bottle to your, to your mask put it like this and breathe in so then i did exactly what i thought i did so then i did it and i couldn't breathe <laughs> <So>. <laughs> And so I was freaking out internally. I was like, oh shit. And I didn't know how to take it off. So I was, I'm gonna die. Oh, I'm not gonna die. <laughs> so I look at I look at the next person. I'm like, help. And she's just like, you good? I'm like, I can't breathe. And so yeah. So I almost passed out at a at a <laughs> the trainer simulator, but I passed, I passed mm -hmm. it. 
got um made the class it was pretty good it was it was the funniest thing that ever happened to me so far but guaranteed knowing knowing myself i know that there's gonna be a lot more a lot mm-hmm. more things gonna happen yeah and that's just part you of know. the process you know yeah i mean just starting out it's fresh you know. uh fresh butter bars and mm-hmm. you know kind of like learning from you know the higher-ups and even like your um i forgot what the navy calls it but ncos and whatnot oh yeah 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 your chiefs yeah yeah um, how do you, and just like speaking of that, how do you like picture your first um, interaction with your counterpart uh, for the enlisted side? I always think about this. It's kind of crazy because like, uh, this is how it goes two ways. If he's Filipino, I'm good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I'm no um, definitely what I think is that it's going to be very interesting because like, I'll be, of course, I'm going to let, let my chief know. Mm-hmm. or whoever it's going to be and then let them know like hey i'm going to try my best to work as hard as i can um to try to run the division and whatever and do as much as i can to help him out as help him or how him or her out as well mm-hmm. but you know it's going to be weird because i have to keep that professional like dynamic and relationship between the two because it's weird going into a division and you're supposed to lead it but then you know you have people like like uh my future uh chief that's going to be like that has like years and years of knowledge ahead of me mm-hmm. and basically knows what i basically should be running what, what i should be running the job that i should be doing but then i have to know i have to be on that type of level too mm-hmm. um but yeah so that's what i expect it's gonna be it's gonna be weird but i mean it's gonna be very fun too i know that i'm just gonna try to take the opportunity to learn as much as i can uh mm-hmm. try to develop those connections but i'm definitely gonna mess up too and that's yeah, exactly that's what i'm gonna tell it. them yeah. yeah so no it's gonna be fun you know and um Kind of just like a tangent to that. So I know you're probably familiar with the word camaraderie. Um, how have you uh, promoted camaraderie um, in your military career so far? How do you expect to do that? How do I expect to do that? So I see that's this thing. I wish that I was like already in my ship so then I can start like doing that with my sailors mm-hmm. but since i'm still in like a class setting with like mm-hmm. with other jails uh, how i promote camaraderie there is that you know i know that a lot of us are just like going in there mine's like blasted just because of all the uh information we got to do and like the tests you know I just, i'll just go in there look at them in the eye and be like hey man it sucks but you know what we just got to keep on doing this you know what i'm saying uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's just kind of like it's kind of just like really just embracing the suck because like i know that you know, there's going to be a lot of tough days. And I mean, school, school is like the least toughest of what I'm was going to happen soon. But I mean, you know, it's, it's just, it's just kind of like being real with everybody and mm-hmm. uh, just, try, but trying to keep that positive face because, you know, if I'm going in there, like just sad, complaining and all that stuff, then it's just going to bring the whole mood down and everybody, everyone's just going to have that same type of energy. But if I go in there with like positive energy, even if I know I might fail a test or something like that, you know, everybody will still kind of just be uplifted and feel, you know, I don't hate it here. Mm-hmm. I don't like it here, but I'll, you know, I enjoy it here. That's what, mm-hmm. that's what I think. Yeah. That's really important to, you know, <clears throat> emulate a um, positive energy as um, I mean, once we do, you know, lead our first, um, I guess, set of enlisted people or, you know, other junior leaders and whatnot, 
uh, that's really important. And, you know, it's like that saying, you know, your vibe determines your tribe. Right, whatever, right. Whatever happens oh, like with that. you, Ooh. like, that's what you emulate. And that's the kind of, like, atmosphere that you put out right. there for everyone around you. Oh, yeah, most definitely. And, that, like, that's, that's something I definitely did learn, like, in ROTC, because when I had, when I was a freshman, and I had my senior leaders, like, had that type of attitude and just did not want to be there. It really affected me. It affected like how I wanted to be. And so that's why I learned. That's where I learned. I was like, if I act like that, then I'm definitely going to reflect the same exact amount of like um, motivation or demotivation that I had to my, mm -hmm. like my future sailors. So, yeah. And they um, just, but just curious, they ended up, um, you know, commissioning as well. Um, some of them did, some of them didn't. Okay, a lot of them, not yet. Some of them, a few of them didn't. And that's what I expected, but some of them did. Mm -hmm. And so that was pretty, I don't know, that was pretty interesting to me. But apparently from what I was told is that the leaderships in my, in my RTC unit was like different and like how they kind of like um, took out the bad, weeded out the bad people. Mm -hmm. um, and I guess like that wasn't as intense as it was when I started like transitioning to become like a bigger, like bigger role in the unit where mm -hmm. the new staff came in and they started like taking all the bad people out. And it was kind of, it was like a purge. It was insane. And I was like, oh man, <laughs> that's crazy. But and it's a good thing though. Cause you know, mm -hmm. yeah, you want quality officers and you don't want to mm -hmm. have bad people. Yeah. I guess that's one way of, you know, changing the whole environment and whatnot. And just um, yeah. on that topic, um, what does being a good leader and conversely a bad or toxic leader mean to you? Ooh. So being a good leader, I think is one of the most, one of the most like important things you got to do when it comes to being in that leadership role, just because whatever you want to impose into your unit as in, and by impose, I mean like, you know, the type of, I'm going to just say energy because I don't know the word that I want to say right now, but the <laughs> energy that you want to give them mm -hmm. um, is just, uh, it, it all, it basically just affects everything that happens within the functionality and also like the group's uh, mission readiness, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you're going in there, motivating your peers and letting them know like, hey, we got to get this done, but, and, and uplifting everybody else, then not only the mission will be completed, but also like, the, the unit cohesiveness itself be really good mm -hmm. um and that kind of works that kind of intertwines with like bad leadership as well you know if that if you are doing the exact opposite and you're just kind of going in there thinking selfishly and not thinking of your peers then that's mm -hmm. just going to uh that's just going to affect everything and it's just going to be bring negative like negative stuff and just problems into the units and that's why i think that definitely being a good leader is going to be the most like important. It is the most important thing when it comes to leadership and coming to like these type of positions that we're all, we're like JOs are in, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> I guess during your schoolhouse training so far, um, was there ever a time where you had to get a task or a mission done and there were, I guess, too many perspectives on it. And I mean, it kind of came down to your say and your opinion. How did you go about um, doing that and then disseminating the information to get it done? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we also had a, what's it called? Man, what's it called? 
basically i'm just gonna call it a flood simulator right mm -hmm. so basically we it's like uh if this is all part of damage control and basically they're simulating if the ship is exposed to like a massive flood and we all have to we're working in different teams in order to uh to fight that flood and so we can stop that stop the water from rising and so what happened was that we were part of the dewatering team and there's this there's like we had a specific task to attach a pole and so suck up all the water and what happened was that there's like these two guys one was supposed to be our team leader and he was like you know trying to comprehend what was going on but he didn't know what was going on mm -hmm. and then there's this other guy who was just like who was trying to like help out the team leader but it was like in a more like you know negative negative way and mm -hmm. he was just like what are you doing you know like just bringing like negative emotions and negative like um words to him and i was just like dude i was like dude calm down like you know you can't you can't do that <laughs> i'm like mm -hmm. this doesn't it's not gonna help situation because we're like in like a because we're in like general quarters which is like the most like intense situation in case like an enemy is firing at you or if we yeah or like if we're just in, if the ship's in danger and so that's what we're simulating so i'm like you know if you're so i was like yeah if you're gonna let this happen um you're just going to increase the problem so let's just try to work this out together and try to not to like you know um not to uh, i guess like bring each other down because you know we're not going to get anything done mm. and so that was pretty cool i mean i i mean like i didn't play like crazy role into it but it was more just like you know kind of stepping in and be like yo like let's not do that let's do this let's just do it well we, let's do what we got to do and let's work together and mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it's just pretty crazy still bugs me because i was like dude you didn't have to do that <laughs> but you know exactly. i don't know it's not helping the situation you know mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so in that type of situation or just you know in your everyday life um I know like things get stressful. How do you stay relaxed in that type of situation? And then, you know, just like on your leisure time. So, okay. And that, so in a, in like a tense situation, what I like to do is that I like to kind of just like step back, breathe mm -hmm. for a second, and then like kind of reflect. Of course, you know, I can't do that for like an hour, but I mean, I just like, just like momentarily we'll just, think assess the situation and kind of just like think from there because you know if you're if you're acting based on like emotion or just stress then you're gonna you're bound to do something wrong in my opinion mm -hmm. um so that's why you know that's why i like to sometimes just kind of step back and think before i start to like delegate some actions and delegate some authority um and that, that helps me in those type of situations but off like you know um just doing my own thing and trying to relax not thinking about the navy what I like to do is just, you know, read, mm -hmm. um, powerlift, because that definitely gets, that gets, uh, a lot of things off my mind and sometimes running, but then running gets tiring sometimes. So, you know, yeah. that, that, yeah, but yeah, that helps me out. Um, and just like kind of, and just, I would just say listening to like different, uh, podcasts as well mm -hmm. about people talking about leadership and like, you know, how they kind of like deal with, deal with situations like that kind of gives me insight on what to do. And so mm -hmm. that I can apply it to like future situations as well. And uh, yeah, that's what I do. Are there um, any book recommendations or podcasts that you would recommend? Ooh, book recommendations, I would say Into the Fire by uh, Dakota Myers. Basically, it's about an enlisted Marine who goes into battle and it gives like a whole perspective on how leadership from the top 
our bad bad leadership from the top can affect the affect like um the enlisted from the uh yeah affect the enlisted personnel from the from the bottom uh it's just really interesting um because like you know i always i, I kind of came in thinking like oh cool officer route great i'm just taking charge of my people and that's it but like mm -hmm. you know that book really taught me like decisions from like that's from the from the leaders really do affect what exactly the, the enlisted personnel is going to do and so that's why i think that book's really great it's a really good read it has like a lot of crazy crazy stuff and i just think it's a great read for not only like you know officers um but also just every anybody in general just kind of one kind of want to see like how the relationship between officers and enlisted can really be affected in that type of way mm -hmm. and then um podcasts podcasts hmm. let's see so in my mind right now, all I'm thinking about is um investing podcasts right really? now. And that's why, yeah, I can't even think. And so, I mean, um, like what specific investing podcasts? It's like uh it's, it's these two dudes who just like talk about like why investing is important. Um and honestly, I don't even know the names. I do not know the names, but I just like <laughs> listen to them in my car. It's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. Um but yeah, because you know, I just want to try to learn to get to learn to get into investing. Um and once I like um, get more money and like kind of stable, um, become a little more stable, that's when I'm going to start trying to like learn how to properly invest and not just do it blindly. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, and I guess like, but when it comes to like the leadership part for the podcast, I'll listen to stuff, uh, people like uh, Nick Bear. Yeah, I think you know who Nick Bear is. Yeah, yeah, Nick Bear. His podcast pretty cool. He sounds familiar. Um, and also like watching YouTube videos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, he's a, he's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah he's he's a former um uh army officer i think yeah and then mm -hmm. um just like listening to different people's podcasts or youtube videos as well like uh I, I watch a lot of fitness influencers like uh russ wall uh max tuning christian guzman um and they give like a lot of like oh you know this is how i keep myself motivated is how i motivate my peers and blah blah mm -hmm. blah and that's kind of stuff that i want to take into like both my military life and also like the civilian life as well. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, here's some recommendations for me. Fieldcraft uh, Survival, if you've never mm -hmm. um, listened to him before. Uh, Mike Glover, it's a good one. Um, this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and then okay. uh, books. <laughs> I just finished Atomic Habits. That's pretty good. Um, if you know whoever's listening is not good with habits or building habits, yeah, or you know the theory behind it. Um, besides of you know what you do when you relax, what are different pastimes that you have? Different pastimes. Ooh, that's the hardest question to ask somebody who just goes to the gym and just like sleeps every day, man. That's crazy. <laughs> no. Um, so I guess I would like, I guess I could say that like, you know, I like to um, watch a lot of movies. Uh, mm -hmm. Definitely that that's like, and watch movies and anime. Oh man, those are two okay. biggest things I like to do. Yeah. Anime is crazy. My brother got me into anime and uh, definitely that keeps my mind off of everything. A really good pastime. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah unfortunately like that's like the only two things i do um just because i'm like it's like most of the most of the things i do is like you know at school mm -hmm. um 
second most important or most thing I do is at the gym. And then the rest of the time is like the little times throughout the day where I just like read and then mm-hmm. like watch anime or something like that. You got any recommendations for, uh, you know, military and non-military films or animes? Okay, got I got it. Definitely, if, if, you, if no one has ever watched either uh, Saving Private Ryan or Top Good Gun, one. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two, oh man, those are crazy. I loved it. Um, for non-military recommendations, Rush Hour 1, Rush Hour 2. <laughs> and for animes, uh, I would say Demon Slayer. And I would also say uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. I'm bringing out new, two new things because everyone says the generic, like, Naruto or uh, Dragon Ball Titan. Z. Oh, wait, no, okay, Attack on Titan. That's actually a really good series. So that one too. Man, man. Do you follow any strategies or are you trying to do, you know, like crypto, stocks, real estate, commodities or anything? Mm, honestly, no, none. I don't follow any like certain strategies right now just because I'm like trying to understand, understand like how to properly do it. And mm-hmm. like, um, just, I guess, different methods too. Like I'm watching uh, Charlie Chang, if you, mm-hmm. if you know Charlie Chang, yeah. Him, I'm um, just kind of like learn, giving, like learning the basics and just trying to ensure that I don't go in there and just spending all my money and just yeah. not doing it incorrectly, mm-hmm. you know? But I don't have any specific methods right now, but that, do you have like any like recommendations on how, how I should do that? Um, if you're starting out, I'd say, Try to look into good ETFs, mutual funds, or index funds. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like if you put money in there, um, it fights inflation for one. And I don't know, it's, it's, a, it's a good way to start out. I mean, if you're in it for like the long term. So I guess it'll follow. You guys have a TSP, their savings plan for the Navy? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like that. But I mean, I'd recommend you follow that and then kind of do like independently your own investing and whatnot so yeah. you know there's platforms out there that are commission free uh sponsor me uh <laughs> robin hood <laughs> uh weevil <laughs> yeah, yeah. um yeah that's what i dabble in um you definitely want to look more into different strategies before you like hop into like complex mm-hmm. stuff like uh day trading uh, swing trading is a little safer than day trading because you're just holding on to it for so many months um, when it comes to the stocks. Uh, real estate, uh, there's just like so many options and stuff out there. I'm not in any way any like guru. <laughs> this is just my yeah, opinion yeah. and whatnot for those who are listening. Um, I'm trying to get into Airbnb rental arbitrage. Basically, you look up places where um, they allow, you know, Airbnb and whatnot, you rent it out and, um, yeah, you just put it on Airbnb and whatnot. Um, commodities and REITs, you're kind of investing in like an index for them. Correct me if I'm wrong in the comments or whatever. And it's not like you're holding on to it, like physically, you're, of course, you're not going to hold on to like a piece of gold and like I'm invested or whatever. Right. But 
Yeah, I guess that's just my two cents on it. Uh, there's also crypto Coinbase. Again, it's like a good place to um, start for that. They actually have like modules and stuff for if you learn um, about different ones. Uh, one I would recommend that my friend Baker uh, recommended to me was uh, Stellar Lumens. Um, and they give you crypto back for learning about like the different cryptos out there. It's just like, you know, Stellar Lumens, Bitcoin and whatnot, Ethereum. Um, those are, yeah, again, my two cents on it. Um, okay. Where was there? a time where you guys or not you guys but where you got smoked or i guess what the navy calls it like fried uh, okay luckily in my like actual navy career no but in rtc definitely that's where i we got smoked a lot as like a unit though mm -hmm. but i guess like I, the funny part is that i can't even i don't recall a time where it was just kind of just strictly me because it was more like everybody in that whole unit but sometimes i feel like i got lucky in a sense because uh there was times where a group of people would get or or about to get smoked and then mm -hmm. like <laughs> and then um the um amoi or, or at the time gunnery sergeant was like so i need you to i need you to record this for me and i was like i was like <laughs> okay i was okay so i mean you know i just have like a 20 minute video of uh my gunnery sergeant just like straight up grilling these people and like making them like PT and like uh, do jumping jacks, jumping jacks and burp and burpees. And that was hilarious. And I was just mm -hmm. standing there just like this. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then one of them, <laughs> one of them is my good buddy, uh, uh, Jono or Japs. I call him Japs. Um, and he's like, he's just dying on the side. And I get close to him because you know, he <laughs> wants me to move around. So he's, I just hear him breathing. And he looks at me and I just look at him and I'm just start laughing. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, it's crazy because like, you know, I, I definitely did get like fried and like yelled at mm -hmm. uh, by a lot of people. I mean, but it wasn't more like it was more just to kind of just teach me definitely like, you know, like, hey, if you're you know, like you're messing up or your team's messing up. So let's fix that. Mm -hmm. um, but the good thing is, though, is like I never got fried individually. Mm -hmm. but I always came into the time where somebody was about to get fried. So I would just always have to witness it or do something ridiculous, like record them. So yeah, I thought it was great. Mm -hmm. yeah. Cool. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I see you were, you know, like a temporary public affairs officer for that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> and you know, that's like part of it. Um, when it comes to the military, they're just, when that type of stuff happens, it's, they're kind of just, breaking you down to build you back up because when you do make right. mistakes out there it you know echoes and it down the chain of command and then like all the way up and whatnot so it's good to avoid mistakes yeah um <clears throat> you guys don't eat mres do you or have you ever had any you know? I, I i ate mres when i was like in this marine week training for uh, uh -huh. rtc how was yeah. that for you it's pretty good man i thought it was pretty pretty good, <laughs> good. <laughs> i thought it was i thought it was good i mean what did you um, have uh it was like the taco taco mix or something like okay. that taco yeah, that's pretty mix. Good. <laughs> yo that was that was amazing but i think the best thing about the mres is the applesauce i don't know why mm -hmm. i don't know it's just the applesauce man it's good but yeah, we don't eat it here in the navy <laughs> <laughs> you guys have the your own kitchens yeah 
it's not as lux- luxurious as the Air Force, but I mean, you know what? <laughs> so it's pretty nice. <laughs> well, it's one step up, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, what was the hardest part about attending ROTC, ROTC the program? Hardest part? I guess uh, the hardest part about being an ROTC is being put into those leadership positions. Because mm-hmm. like, you know, the whole purpose of it is to make you feel uncomfortable, but also to teach you and make you grow as like a leader. Because, you know, we're in, we're all going to be in a program to shape us up to be in the military, um, regardless of what branch. And so that was like a really hard thing for me. Because like, uh, definitely when I came in as a, as a freshman, like the whole the whole environment change really did like affect my myself because I was I started to become very like introverted and like kind of just like uneasy about like a lot of things whenever they made me try to step up and do things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that but definitely as like I started gaining more leadership opportunities, that's when like um, I started to really understand like oh this is important. Uh, I made a lot of mistakes, definitely did a lot of stupid things, but that's where I kind of like pinpointed and wanted to like you know grow girlfriend Mm -hmm. definitely um but yeah i mean that was it was a big challenge just like because of my personality at the time but now like i feel like a little more comfortable a little more confident in what i can do as a leader and that's part of the process you know just starting out as a a neophyte and stuff being comfortable with being uncomfortable right right are you um planning on putting in you know the whole 20 25 30 years Whew. no kidding uh yeah <laughs> man def- definitely I, I really want to uh mm-hmm. just because one definitely the benefits i think that's really great mm-hmm. and like i seen like living as like an as a military brat i seen like how far it kind of got me and also my, my brother as well and how like fine my family is compared mm-hmm. to like unfortunately like a lot of like unfortunate families you know it doesn't have like that stability mm-hmm. so i think that i'm the reason why i want to do it is because like once i want to like um settle down and have a family at least i'll have like a lot of um benefits as well as like and or just i will be stable yeah yeah i will be stable enough to like hold that down um and also uh, the other opportunities that i can get as well i mean i don't want to i definitely don't want to i'm saying this right now I haven't been on my ship, but I definitely don't want to be a swell forever, like service worker officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I'm excited. Um, but I want to definitely try to venture out and do uh, different things as well after my time as a swell. Mm-hmm. And uh, what are like those different options that you'd want to yeah, look at? Uh, uh, so like when I got selected to do to be a swell, I also got selected to be, I got I was selected to be a surface warfare officer intel option so basically um how it is is that i have a com- i i do my time as a surface warfare officer i get my qualifications i get qualified as well and then after that i get to uh choose that i get to choose to activate that intel option and that's where i get to excuse me i get to lateral transfer out oh, thank you i get to lateral transfer out to the uh intel community and then uh i get to see what happens from there and uh, the cool part about that is that if you want to get continue to get like promoted and all that stuff, you have to get your master's in which they can supply you and give you like that opportunity. So I think it's going to be a really good option. Uh, and that's exactly what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are, um, besides it, 
like the intel community what are the other communities that you can branch out to within the navy hmm. so i feel like so there's two things if you didn't know there's unrestricted line and then there's restricted line right mm -hmm. um so unrestricted like i said before surface warfare aviation submarines special warfare and then there's also restricted line. Uh, those are like all the other other communities that you can go to. Um, the only difference between the two is that one, the unrestricted lines can take command at sea, and then un, and then the restricted lines cannot. Um, yeah, that's all I'm gonna say because I don't want to mm -hmm. mess this up, and I don't want anyone to be like, "Oh my gosh, he doesn't know." Like what actually, he's <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, you're wrong. I'm like, well, hmm. you probably yeah, no, but um, they also for the restricted line they have uh, the supply community. Mm -hmm. the intel commander yeah <laughs> oh yeah to commander exactly right to commander um um medical I, yeah medical is restricted yeah they should mm -hmm. be and then uh other ones as well that i can't name on the top of my head but those are those but it's from what i understand is that it's pretty challenging to mm -hmm. transition from unrestricted to restricted just mm -hmm. because of the demand for unrestricted officers and so that's why like in rotc and also like i believe the academy as well they want they want those uh brand new officers to go into the unrestricted line so we can supply those mm -hmm. and then whenever they're finished with their like commitments then they can like trickle down into like the restricted communities mm -hmm. gotcha yep. um <clears throat> going back to you know your whole plan for putting in you know until you retire and whatnot uh where would you want to retire Ooh. My parents are making it a really good idea to retire in Japan. I think it, I think it sounds like a great idea, but mm -hmm. if, if I want to like, you know, stay true to my American, my American ways, no, I'm just um, <laughs> <laughs> then definitely I want to, I want to retire in Texas out of all the places. Texas? Uh, yeah, Texas. Like when I, throughout the four years I've been there, I thought it was a great spot. Uh, it's not like as crowded as it is like in Cali or mm -hmm. like, um, the weather isn't as bad as as, as here in Virginia. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just like that happy medium there. And like, you know, house prices are down there too. Uh, exactly. The schools are great. Yeah. And uh, open land and everything like that. I'm not going to get like a farm, but you know, that's... <laughs> I mean, it's an option <laughs> but, down the line. Yeah, it's you know? a, but it's an option. You know, I could do it. I can get a horse and become a cowboy if I want to, you know? But Texas, yeah, definitely. That's a good spot. Japan and Texas. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. I mean, like in Texas... You know, you get a little bit of everything within the hour. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's right. my experience when I was down there in like San Antonio. Uh, how was it yeah. like um, PVM? You like in that area? Uh, PV? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, it's it's funny because like we are kind of like in the middle of nowhere. So like <laughs> it's <laughs> like we have we have the campus and it's a beautiful campus and mm -hmm. so much history is like in there. Right. And like the community itself is so like tight knit. Everybody, not everybody knows everybody, like how it was in Sasso, but like if you see somebody you know, they're going to introduce you to your friends and then you're going to build more friendships off of there. Mm -hmm. um, that's why that school is great. But since we were in the middle of nowhere, it took like 30 minutes to drive to like the nearest, uh, we, we call it HEV. Um, that's our like, that's our grocery store, HEV. It's the mm -hmm. best grocery store ever. Walmart that has nothing compared to HEV. I was gonna put that out there and like Aon. you know all the uh, what was that? Aeon. What's that? You don't remember Aeon from uh Aon? oh Aeon? Oh, I was like, I was like, what is that? <laughs> See, that's how long that's how long this has been, man. But yeah, 
No, see, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and then, like, that's why it was, it was cool to live there because of, like, every, like, the people really made it, made PV great. Mm-hmm. But the location itself was really hard because, like, you're, like, an hour away from, like, Houston. Had to drive. I was, like, 30 minutes away from my gym. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it just, yeah. it was just a really interesting dynamic living mm-hmm. there. Cool. Yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, I think it's like pretty appealing and whatnot. Um, I've had a couple of friends from the South and they talk a lot about Texas and whatnot, mostly from H-Town and uh, right. what's it called, El Paso. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> what is one thing that you can't live without? One thing I can't live without chicken katsu that's exactly what i can't live without (laughs) (laughs) i'm being dead serious with you right now like Mm. that's one one thousand percent i think japan made that imprint on me like Mm -hmm. every time i went to you might you know joyful is yeah 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 joyful every time i go there it's the same exact meal it's chicken katsu rice and like shrimp tempura and then like uh the ice cream every single time i go there so now i have to compensate and go to like lnl and get like chicken katsu because they give you like large amount of servings yeah but i mean and man that's everywhere i go i have to have chicken katsu gotcha. not live without that and my yeah. go-to from japan was uh coco's coco's yeah. for sure do uh, they have it out there in texas in texas no i don't think so really? i don't know yeah I mean, they, they don't have a lot of options here really? i know cali does yeah you would uh, think, Cali. I mean, because like yeah. Norfolk is a, is it a joint base or it's just a Navy base? No, there's like multiple bases here. So oh. it's like, yeah, yeah, a lot of bases here. So yeah, exactly. You would think, you know, there'd be, yeah, yeah something here, but they have like L&L or Taco Bell. I don't know. Just nothing, nothing too crazy. But Not they yet. have a lot of Filipino places out there though. Yeah, they had, jo- they had Jollibee. That was pretty lit. Uh, that, that was actually pretty cool. And then uh, Red Ribbon too. And they yeah. have like like um like home-owned uh bakeries and stuff like that too so that's that's mm-hmm. nice to have it's like a teardrop so there's, there's <laughs> nothing out here man in detroit no Filipino right. food. i mean there is but just like there's just so many and well, not so many but like just so little yeah um i feel you hmm. How did you get ready for um, your schoolhouse training? So what you're doing right now for SWO? Oh, so like I said, it's uh, death by PowerPoint, like how we kind of put it. Mm-hmm. And so we're all just kind of, so we, you just, you just really got to take good notes and then, and then have those notes into your computer, bring it home, review the notes again, make study guides, and then just and then just cram it all in by the end of the week and then hope to God that you're going to pass. Like that's, <laughs> it sounds bad because, you know, you're supposed to be on top of your game and everything like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, what I, what I definitely learned is that like, um, there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to have to deal with, not only like with the Navy, but like, uh, like I'm, I'm about to move into my apartments. So you have like a lot of bills and apartment stuff to deal with. And so, you know, you have priorities everywhere that you need to go. And of course, like, you know, if I can, I can give a hundred percent to like the Navy and like be on top of my game. But, you know, I got life to do with my, yeah. my personal life to do with as well. So it's just like, it's tough, but yeah, that's what, that's what I do. 
Um, I'm not saying I'm doing amazing right now, but I'm, I'm treading water and I'm passing. So that's exactly what it is. I mean, you yeah. seem to be, you know, well put together when it comes to all that stuff. I mean, you made it here, so keep going. <laughs> that's right. Bare minimum, baby. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. These get degrees. Uh, that's right. I'm just, I'm just kidding. But they do, though. Um, <laughs> everyday carry tools are necessities for you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I recently just learned this uh, from like one of the instructor talks. Uh, mm-hmm. one, of the, one of the everyday carries that I have to bring with is something to write with and then something to write on. Uh, it, mm-hmm. That applies to both like the, you know, military aspect and also the civilian sector as well, as well, as well mm-hmm. just because like, you know, you're going to get, you're going to be told a lot of things and you definitely might forget it. And sometimes kind of rude to bring, to bring out your phone and looking like you're not paying attention to them. So, you know, yeah. that's why I think, I thought that was a pretty interesting concept because like before, uh, I didn't have, I never had like a pen and a pencil and something to write on. And mm-hmm. I just kind of be like, ah, I remember it. And then definitely just forget it the next day. So, you know, yeah, some, that's, that's definitely what I have with me all the time. Mm-hmm. But, if, but yeah, and then also along with that, definitely has to be my phone. I mean, you know, again, now I'm living in this new world of technology, kind of just have to have it, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Sometimes I'm glued to it, but, you know. That's what you got to do. <laughs> That's life. Um, what about you? Oh, um, this ring is from Talia, so you know, oh. gotta gotta mention her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love you, baby. Um, phone definitely. Hydro flask, gotta stay okay. hydrated. Shout out to Chatterbrucci. Good memories there. <laughs> um. Yeah, that's uh, pen, pen and paper. That's the mm-hmm. thing that they instilled in us as well. I never, you know, put two and to get two together with like the whole phone thing. But you would think yeah. like people would adopt, you know, taking notes on their phone and stuff, or yeah. that yeah. it's not rude or whatever. But yeah, you know, but it, like you know, coming like learning from it, it just kind of seems like it is rude. So you don't want to like come yeah. off as rude. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, ah, oh. so that's why the whole pen and paper is pretty tedious, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, it's whatever. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and then shout out to uh, Patriot Choice uh, Gallon Water. I love you, baby. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to we're trying to get the sponsorships out you here. Sponsor- <laughs> That's right. Um, is there any Navy sayings or slang? Navy sayings or slangs. Uh, personally, I don't say a lot of Navy sayings or slangs, but. Uh, there's this there's this uh, former corpsman in my class who uh, who says responds with kill and like uh, kill babies all the time. Like I know it's a, that's a marine thing, but it's so it's so <laughs> funny. Like it. <laughs> yeah, it's so it's so funny because you know he he was on the green side and just working uh-huh. with marines as a corpsman, and so I just thought it's so interesting. Every time I'm like, hey man, because he's our class leader, and I'm like, hey man, um, I, I'm gonna be late to class today. And he's like, kill babies. <laughs> I'm like. All right, bro. <laughs> was, all right, man. I don't know how to respond to that. But yeah, demotivating, you know, type of thing. Rock kill. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, all right, man. I got you. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just one of those uh, sayings or mottos, I guess, where you don't know where it's really from. Um, yeah, exactly. I can't really think of any from the army besides Bua, but like, I mean, 
there's a navy you guys say huya huya yeah 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 i think it's huya i don't know so they say it really fast so sometimes i'm just like all right yeah huya. i don't know <laughs> you know <laughs> i guess um this on the topic again i mean we've been talking about this but um <clears throat> were there any conceptions or thoughts you had before joining that were verified or i guess you know the opposite to uh, what you expected yeah i would say that i definitely underestimated the enlisted personnel mm-hmm. um because like you know i kind of went in i definitely went into thinking you know like the officers should know everything about the job and should be essentially teaching the enlisted personnel what to do but mm-hmm. not that was like the complete opposite from what i'm learning now is like you know officers are there to lead and to guide the personnel to actually doing what their job is tailored whatever the job is tailored to um and that's the thing though it's because like you know they're they're like the professional expertise in whatever uh section that they're like supposed to be dealing with Mm -hmm. and which i did not think before because like you know that never like came across my head because i always thought like you know we had to be the like the most knowledgeable one but you know i could be walking into the room with my future division and all of them could be like 10 times smarter than me on whatever the job needs to be done so yeah that's that's like the biggest thing that i that i've seen and uh yeah that's crazy it's crazy to me <laughs> but i'm ex- i'm excited though because you know after like talking to a bunch of senior enlisted personnel and like telling and them telling us like you know don't don't expect to be the big like the biggest person in the room because like, you know you got to just you have to make sure you're you're there to help your people out mm-hmm. because they they know what to do you know and mm-hmm. that's that's um, that's like the most interesting thing and something that I that never came across to me until like I kind of like started getting into until I kind of like commissioned. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the thing is um, you know, being a leader and whatnot. Um what comes with the role is just not only delegating, but putting trust and faith in, you know, enlisted or whoever, um, because they're trained in that field and they're their mm-hmm. own experts in their own rights. And it's important also to stay humble and, um, you know, as much as we can as uh, leaders learn um, the different roles that um, mm-hmm. the enlisted do as well to familiarize. Right. Um, <clears throat> what is, the most influential person in your life what is i mean who is (laughs) who is let's see this is the one question i was looking at the test at the question thing that you gave me and i was like i'll figure that out later (laughs) 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 and now that you asked that i'm like judgment day hard yeah i know man it's hard i mean of course you know okay i'll just i'll go with like the the safe answer right now it definitely has to be my dad just because uh you know, he, he both, okay, him, my dad and my mom, because both of them raised me right. I say that honestly, because, you know, I, without them, I definitely would not become who the person I am today. Mm-hmm. And I would not be given the opportunities that brought me to here. Without, he wouldn't even be you know, born. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? From the beginning. <laughs> yeah. No, I just like, and, you know, the things that they do, like the things that they do for me and my brother, and like for everybody around them, like it just shows like how great their character and like their uh, just how great people, how great people they really are. Mm-hmm. And so that's why you know I, I always want to be that type of person to always 
you know, supply as much as happiness and like, um, uh, just support to everybody around me, mm -hmm. but also be, be like, you know, well-balanced and like stable for myself as well. Also mm -hmm. shout out to my mom today. It's her birthday in Japan time. Oh. So uh, happy birthday yeah, to you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. the month. Well, it's, yeah, it's the first over there, right? Uh, August. Oh uh, yeah. 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 Did you get the chance to, um, you know, talk to them yet? I'll call her later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, your favorite and least favorite event and the, you guys call it the PFT? PT test? Yeah, uh, PRT. Yeah. PRT. PRT. Gotcha. And what does so, that stand for, for, you know, the audience out there? Uh, the physical readiness test, mm -hmm. I think. <laughs> Asterisk. <laughs> That's right. There's too many acronyms in the Navy. Um, but so yeah, for the people that don't know, uh, the PRT consists of three main components that you have your uh, mat, your two minute push-ups, and mm -hmm. then your planks. Now um, that we're transitioning from sit-ups to yeah planks. Yeah, we transition from <clears> sit-ups <throat> to planks, and then uh, your 1.5 mile run. And so my most favorite one now has to be the planks. Uh, that's really? like a yeah, it's a it's a like very like go on for forever, uh, yeah. you know. Exactly, yeah, exactly. It's an unpopular uh thing, but <laughs> but it's fun because when we started doing it back when before I commissioned because we had to do one, um, you know, you're just you sit you're like doing the plank and you're surrounded with your friends and you're kind of just looking at them and you see them shaking, and so that's why I just think it's so fun because you know you can you can start talking. I start talking to them like, mm -hmm. you good, <laughs> you good, man, and they're like, I'm good, and you know, stuff, stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. And then my least favorite definitely has to be the run. Um, the reason why is because I can't max that out yet because really? I can max out the pushups and the planks, but I cannot max out the run. And What's uh, the, the max thing. for the run? So I think for my age group, it's like eight 30 for a mile and a half. Eight 30. Yeah. Eight minutes and, and 30 seconds for a mile and a half. Yeah. Eight minutes, 30 seconds for a mile and a half. Right. And oh. then, um, I think yeah and then the fastest i got there was like nine minutes and so i'm not i'm like at this like major plateau so mm -hmm. i can't even i just kind of gave it up once lifting so <laughs> yeah, <or> just, <laughs> that's it oh you guys definitely have it easier than the army you guys have like a what's yours like a, uh, a whole new test right yeah army combat fitness test i was talking about God. it with uh, someone in my last uh episode but um the hex bar we lift that up there's a ball toss, um, a sprint drag carry, so like a farmer carry. Yeah. Um, two mile run, leg tucks, yeah. uh, hand uh -huh. release push ups. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh? <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, I don't know how it is for the Marine Corps, but I know they do it in like full kit and everything, right? Mm, well so they have um so they have two different seasons one is for the pft which is three mile run crunches and the pull-ups yeah. but then their other one is cft the combat fitness test mm -hmm. and that's where they have to do like a bunch of like an 800 800 meter sprint uh some type of crawl or something like that a grenade mm -hmm. toss and uh, uh ammo can presses a lot more and so yeah they have they have a pretty interesting uh prt but or pft but for us you know navy just nice three things every what six months so you every know. six months 
Yeah, okay. That's yeah. I think that's one of the biggest flaws in the Navy. They should they should definitely up the PT because you know, I think it's important definitely. But it works it out for me. So I'm good. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Is that um so for the planks um when you were testing out for ROTC, you originally had to do sit ups or was it plank? yeah okay. Yeah, so before it was like two minute sit-ups and now it's like a, you have to hold a plank for the minimum is like, I think two minutes and then the mm-hmm. max is like 3.30. So it's not, it's not, oh, it's not bad. terrible. Yeah. yeah, it's not terrible. That's why it's okay. fun. So <laughs> <laughs> Time just crawls though at moments. Yeah. Um, again, going back to, you know, kind of staying relaxed and whatnot, but the other side mm-hmm. of it is, um, staying motivated so is there a way you stay motivated or do you have any like motivational um quotes that you go by motivational quotes all right just so i'll I'll split that up to two things motivational quote if i'm ever feeling down i would always go to youtube and look up the uh the rocky quote when he's talking to his son you know what i'm saying you know what that is Yeah, yeah yeah that it goes it goes hard you know it's like a song but it's just like it's just him just talking and it goes it's hard because you know he's talking about like life and like how it's like you know life life is not all sunshines and rainbows and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and he's just basically telling his son like you know you gotta you just gotta tough it out you know that's something that's that's something i really think that resonates with me because you know definitely when i came here um when trying to start off like this whole naval career like a lot of emotions were definitely going going with me uh, I was kind of just like sad, you know, because I left my friends, um, and and then that's when I was kind of just like in this like weird little state. Where I'm like, ah, oh, unmotivated, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But you know, going back to that quote and then just kind of listen to it, I'm like, you know, I, I signed up for this and did all this stuff, so I, I got to do this anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and I guess, and then going trying to segue that into like trying to keep myself motivated. It's like. Uh, I'm trying to find, I do find ways, uh, like about my job and about everything that I have to do, um, for me to like, like what I'm doing, because, you know, I could, I could do things that I'm told to do. I'm not going to like it, but Mm -hmm. if, but now what I do is I try to change the mindset of what I'm doing and I'm trying to be like, and trying to tell myself that, um, as I'm going to like this so much that it's going to motivate me to do it more because I enjoy doing, I'm enjoy with doing whatever I want, what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, you know, that, that just helps me stay motivated all the time. And then uh, looking up to my peers and meeting new people, definitely that's, that's something too, because, you know, I want to be like as great as them. And I also don't want to let them down and I don't want to look, and I don't want to let the team down. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So about resiliency and, you know, going back to, you know, emulating a positive environment where you can always like, <clears throat> lean on each other and then also kind of just adopt um you know new perspectives on life from other people and that's like the i think the beauty uh, especially you know as you and me know uh growing up as a military brat or even being in the military in general is you get to meet people from different walks of life and yeah um i'm not like putting a a son not like a high horse or anything but like you kind of are less narrow-minded knowing that you know not everyone thinks like you and everyone's from different Mm -hmm. cultures ethnicities and whatnot right yeah that's definitely a plus for the military um 
Do you, uh, going back to the whole motivational talk, do you have a favorite uh, motivational speaker or anything besides Rocky? <laughs> <laughs> favorite motivational speaker? Mm-hmm. Marvin Fontaine. <laughs> 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 Not. Honestly, I don't have I don't have like a like a like a motivational speaker. That's something I definitely I should look forward to. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if I just want to plug something in, I guess TED Talks, man. Anything about like whenever someone says uh, whenever uh, they have TED Talks. No, actually, no. I got it. Um, uh, my friend Ines Ines Frazier. I'm gonna shout her out right now, just because mm-hmm. she uh, she was recently on this. Uh, she she had her own TED her TED Talk, and it was uh, huh. amazing. And she she just basically like embraces like um like a like a really good mindset and just like tries to be positive all the time. She cares about the environment, about everybody. So yeah, great person, very motivational. And she lifts, mm-hmm. she's starting to lift now. So you know what? Definitely shout her out. Yep, that's my motivational speaker. Is it on uh YouTube? Uh no, she's not, she has an Instagram. So if you want to follow her, just type in I think in S Frazier. Oh no, I'm happiness. That's <laughs> I meant her uh, her TED talk. Yes, it is. Um, you can look at the Prairie View, the PVMU uh, uh, YouTube page, and then you can see uh, all the speakers that were there. And she's, uh, I think she's like the second one. So mm-hmm. if you want to look at it, really great talk. Gotcha, gotcha. And uh, if you were on a TED Talk, just open a question, what would your you know, topic or what would you have to say oh. to the world? What would I have to say to the world? Dang. See, now that's why I'm, this is exactly why I'm not on a TED Talk. Cause I don't know what to say. <laughs> no, um, I think that I think that my little slogan or whatever they call it would just kind of be tailored to like you know doing whatever you want to do, yeah. um, but also like embracing change as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because like you know, if you're just kind of like focused on one thing the whole time, then you're just you're never going to like you know expand upon the abilities that like you know you personally can do as well exactly that's something i'm kind of trying to live by every day you know i'm trying to like better my skills but also learn new ones as well and then like so i can help other people and learn Mm -hmm. from other people too Mm -hmm. and then um going back to uh you know talking about being a military brat that um kind of per se you know helped you gain that uh, resiliency and that mindset. So can you talk a little about how it was, you know, growing up, you know, in a foreign land and well, I mean, we are on a base, but I guess a foreign <laughs> land and being a military brat in general. Yeah. So it's, I think it was, it's one of the best experiences anybody can really, can really have. I mean, mm-hmm. well, mine's a little different from a lot of people because there's, I mean, a lot of, uh, other military brats who or move every so often but mm-hmm. me i my dad somehow finessed the system and made it and made a stay accessible the whole time until i graduated mm-hmm. that, was, that was crazy and so yeah but i think it's a really good thing too because like you said um uh, it it doesn't you know it really prevented me from being narrow-minded because i'm just learning so many different cultures not only like japan but also like the people that i meet who are like different types of uh, ethnicities as well Mm-hmm. uh and i'm just learning from them too learning their language i think it's pretty fun you know mm-hmm. um just saying saying random things and like i don't know spanish and then yeah. they're just laughing at me right <laughs> <laughs> but um and then yeah and then just uh i would say like it's just a really good opportunity just because we're given because i because like you know instead of just living in america and doing 
like doing the basic things like you know we get to not one go to a school filled with different types of people but two we're mm -hmm. also exposed to like on a base where we can meet many different like enlisted and also officers um mm -hmm. who can just give us like advice or just like become really good friends and then help us out later in the future mm -hmm. yeah and then definitely the most important thing is the food i mean you know great 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 time great time in japan definitely need to go back so yeah gotcha yeah it's important to keep those uh connections um shout out to dr ku from the saspo <laughs> dental clinic um let's see are there any i know you talked kind of briefly on you know your first duty station but um for abroad i don't know how it is for um junior officers for the navy but are there any places that you'd want to be stationed to um abroad besides you know japan yeah i would definitely want to be stationed at uh rota spain because mm -hmm. that's that was uh something i really was looking forward to um mm -hmm. and i was actually trying to get to that spot but then i don't know just like a bunch of like missed uh changes to like the list of like uh places that i could choose because mine dwindled because i was in until select so yeah hopefully one day if like you know as a service worker officer or even as like an intel officer potentially in the future then i can go to go to spain somewhere in europe try to see something different you know mm -hmm. and uh who, who do you go to um to talk about that type of stuff uh so for advice you would talk to, uh, you could talk to uh, your, in my case, like department heads in that type of way, or like other, um, other LTs, like mm -hmm. senior, senior junior officers, mm -hmm. I would call them, um, who like know the way around and kind of just like give you like those pieces of minds. But if you really want to like, try to set up and establish a plan, you have like a detailer, and your detailer will give you like, a basically give you a layout or give you like that information, like, oh, hey, if, you, if you're trying to do this, then we can try to do this for you. But you, of course you got to compensate for like the needs of the Navy because you mm -hmm. know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Cause you can, you, know, you can have your ideal duty station, but it could be a bad ship or it could be vice versa or whatever. It all just depends on like needs in the Navy, but also your personal, like uh, your personal need, wants and needs. Right? Mm -hmm. And um, just on that topic, um, since, the people that you do go to are, um, you know, what you said, junior, senior officers. Um, yeah, yeah. So for school or just like any of the schools that, um, you know, fresh butter bar ensigns go to, is it led by um, officers as well? Or is it led by mm -hmm. like a combination of officers and senior enlisted? Because I know, um, mm -hmm. well, I don't, I know. I've been through <laughs> OCS. And it's yeah. uh, it's a combination of both. So I was okay. wondering, yeah. Yeah. So for BDOC, uh, you have it's basically run by the LTs or the lieutenants, right? Because mm -hmm. are the are the O3s mm -hmm. um, for for our primary chain of command. Because we're we're assigned a specific um, lieutenant, and but there's like multiple lieutenants inside that whole chain, and they all teach different different parts of uh, surface warfare. Mm -hmm. I'm saying surface warfare and then just kind of like the Navy as well, just because like that's what they're kind of covering about. And so, yeah, that's that's primarily them. Um, 
but also we kind of get like those talks in between with like uh, senior enlisted personnel kind of just come in and they just start and they'll talk to us about either the specific module or topic that we're on for that week or mm-hmm. they kind of just give us leadership advice but if i would if i were to just kind of make that a little simpler it's basically just dlts giving us or teaching us and also like uh, evaluating us as well mm-hmm. um just looking back um i know your career is just uh, starting and whatnot would there be anything that you would change about the military or about any of the training and stuff that you've gone through mm-hmm. if you're i mean not if but when you do get to um higher echelon yeah i think that definitely my my performance in a vdoc right now isn't isn't where i feel like i should be at because you know i kind of like took i took i put i put a lot of it on the back burner and like focused on my personal priorities so definitely mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say is that balancing out navy and personal life is something that i'm still continuing to figure out but you mm-hmm. know if if I could change it, then I would definitely try to balance it out a little better and not put it on the back burner, but also keep that as like a primary responsibility. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, and that's something I'm trying to deal with right now so that I don't bring that type of habit onto my ship into my future division. Um, and so I don't like, you know, affect them negatively and, and cause the team to fail because of my like wrongdoings. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, so what does, for those who don't know, uh, what does BDOC uh, stand for? Uh, basic division officer course. Okay. And um, mm. can you kind of give us the layout of what is the pipeline from, you know, starting out uh, with, I guess, before the military and ROTC and then the trainings and stuff up to now? Because for the Army, uh, for example, we have, oh, for um, those who are going through OCS, um, basic training. So we go in for enlisted. Um, and then OCS, and then we have Bullock, which is basic officer leadership course. So it's kind of like, I guess, BDOC per se. Mm-hmm. And then after that, um, we get to go to more schools um, once we get to a certain rank. So um, once we get to captain or O3 for the army, captain, captain's career course, and then so on and so forth. So what's like, yeah. how does that look like for the Navy? So I'll, I'll be speaking on half of the SWOG community because that's what I really know the most, sure. right? So we'll start off with uh, ROTC, right? ROTC or any type of commissioning source. It could be mm-hmm. ROTC, Naval Academy or OCS mm-hmm. or whatever special program they have or like, yeah. And then after that, you get into you commission as a SWOG. Then you go into BDOC because that's your first initial training of basically everything you have to know for the surface warfare lifestyle and also just like the Navy in general. Mm-hmm. And then it's either that you go to your first ship after that, or you go into the next schooling, which is OOD, which is officer of the deck. I think that's what they change it to. Um, mm-hmm. And that's most, that's another just basic schooling, but I think that's where they focus on more like appli- like uh, like application uh, for like driving the ship itself, knowing how to uh, navigate clearly and, and whatnot, and what you need to know on the bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a as a surface worker officer, right? And then that's when you go onto your ship. Uh, you get you go on that. Uh, you sit. You're on your ship for some amount of years. I think a couple like two, three years, two, three years, depending on whatever. And then after that, I think 
you go on to a, another, yeah, another uh, ship, and then you go on to deploy, and then you go on to a, sh a shore tour, and then that's when you kind of go up to instead, like how you have your captain's uh, training. That's where you go yeah. to your department heads, and that's where your LTs are at, mm. and that's where you go to like department head training, and that's where then it goes on the ranks mm -hmm. more and more. But I'm not really too familiar with that. So just that's like the basic pipeline for like the initial junior officer mm -hmm. course. Gotcha. Yeah. And uh, for those who are listening for, I guess, you know, potential um, ROTC, OCS, Naval Academy, or um, those going to SWO after those commissioning sources, is there anything you would recommend for getting ready for those um, two different pipelines, you know, starting from high school and getting ready for the next thing, and then starting from your commissioning source and getting ready for SWO? Like okay. any things that you should read up on or study? Ooh, okay. So you said from high school to RTC, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay, so high school from RTC, I think that the kind of like the main three things I would tell them is to focus on their academics, focus on just knowing that what the PT course is going to be at, and then uh, uh, just kind of involving themselves and kind of getting diverse in whatever the skills are, you know, not mm -hmm. just not just like stick with sports throughout the whole four years, do sports, do like music, be in a band, whatever, um, do, commu do community service. So yeah, four main things. From RTC to commissioning, that's when I say that you should start, you should, you should know how to do rules of the road. Um, that's basically, uh, that's basically the, the books, uh, the book that teach, that gives you um, or basically how to navigate within the seas and in accordance with like driving in, in the seas with other with other vessels right mm -hmm. it's like basically knowing your, your street knowledge like when you're driving when you're driving a car mm -hmm. you need to know that but there's like a lot of like moving parts. scenarios and a lot of moving parts you got to know for rules of the road so and that's something that my LTs told me when I was an RTC they told me to study I didn't take I didn't take notes so do that so the mm -hmm. rules of the road and then also uh mo boards so yeah, MoBoards is like basically, I'm gonna call it a map, but it's, it's a chart. So it's a chart and you gotta use your divider and your compass to basically navigate where you are, where your contact is, and kind of just determine if you're going to, if you're gonna run with risk of collision and stuff like that. So rules of the road and MoBoards are two biggest things because if you know that, then I think that you'll be set, um, mm -hmm. but also like retaining, retaining knowledge from like the, uh, the, Naval science courses that you're going to be taking if you're doing ROTC or mm -hmm. Naval Academy, those are important things to, to kind of retain as well. Because like, yes, your degree is important, but when you're going to go into, when you, once you become a, a surface warfare officer, your degree doesn't really matter because, you know, you're, everyone's going to be expected to know the basic knowledge of as well. Mm -hmm. Not like, you know, of, I don't know, biology or thermodynamics, like, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's what I would say. And um, going back to the whole uh, rules of the road and whatnot. So uh, for those who don't know, um, basically in the Navy, you guys move as a fleet. So you got your frigate, the aircraft carrier that obviously every other ship is protecting and then submarine. Um, you got experience with that already? Like you've seen all that in action? No, I haven't. I haven't gotten experience with that right now. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I'm learning in class right now. Like okay. basically how, what type of, what ships come into the deployment cycle and how they move as a carrier strike group. Mm -hmm. um, that's what, 
that's what the uh that's what all the ships are kind of like named that are the group of ships is um because you have your carrier and you have like certain amount of ships and certain types of ships um mm -hmm. that help protect that carrier and unfortunately i don't have that that um experience right now but once i get into deployment i think next year that's when um i'll, I'll actually understand a little more about mm -hmm. that We'll save that for next year's podcast. Next year's podcast. Follow up. <laughs> you. follow up podcast. Um, so as we wrap this up, I just want to ask um, actually three questions. One, not really related, but what is there to do in uh, PV? What is there to do in PV? Yeah. Okay. You said everything's kind of like an hour away. Okay. So at PV itself, I would say <laughs> they have they have this thing on Wednesdays called Hump Day. Um, that's where a bunch of people get in front of like the main like uh, the main student building, the MSC, and they have they basically have a party every Wednesday. We're not allowed to partake in it if you're in ROTC, but if you're not in ROTC, that's the place where you need to go at. Um, also, their rec is beautiful. I think that's one of the best gyms ever uh, that I went to. Except their pool never works. I'm very sad about that. Um, but if we're expanding a little outside of out of PV, mm -hmm. dang. There's this place called Cypress Breakfast House. Man, it's one of the best breakfast house I've ever been to. You gotta, you gotta ask for their uh, chocolate Belgian waffles. Best place ever. And yeah, that's what I would recommend to somebody when I first have TV. So being in Texas, um, <clears throat> there's a fly. Um, you've been to a rodeo or no? No, <laughs> out of all of them, <laughs> no. <laughs> not been to a rodeo. It's not yet. Yeah, exactly. Yet. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> right um so for closing this out um last two questions one being what words of wisdom do you have for those uh watching and for future potential officers and then number two what's next for you or what are you most focused on at the moment okay so for the potential future officers and just anybody who's watching i just would say never ever get comfortable because you're always going to be in a situation where you're going to be thrown in situations where you're going to feel absolutely uneasy and just don't know what to do. And that's the beauty of the, I think that's the beauty of the military, just because, you know, we're constantly learning and we're becoming uh, not experts, but just like good at doing things that we originally don't know what to do. And, you know, that's, that's, that's fun because, you know, um, you can apply that to not just the military, but also your life as well. And you can do that with like skills that you always wanted to do. But you know you're too afraid of like doing it because of potential failure. So yeah, never, never getting comfortable, and don't be afraid of failure because you know you want to embrace both of those. Mm -hmm. And then uh, for me, what's in store for me? I would say just uh, completing B doc in about next month. Um, mm -hmm. Then I'll be getting onto my uh, ship for the first time. It'll be really very, 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 very interesting uh, time. <laughs> I don't know. My brother was telling me that he's he's loving the military right now on the ship so we'll see um and then but future goals is definitely try to let transfer into the intel community activate that option and then i uh, see what type of cool stuff i can do there do some uh, jason born stuff yeah exactly yes. <laughs> some human intelligence stuff pretty cool <laughs> well um you know thanks for being on the fourth episode of joe's podcast and good luck to your endeavors and you know your future and whatnot Thanks, man. I loved it. I miss you, man. <laughs> Thanks, bro. <laughs>